Podcast 12, The Woman at the Well. Hi, and welcome to Accord Presents Who Are You? A study looking at the life and significance of characters from the Bible. Well, girls, here we are, study 12, our final one yeah. in this series. It's been a journey, hasn't it? It has. It's been yeah. a blast. It has. Um, I really have absolutely loved, loved this study, these, yeah. these studies. Yeah. Um, we were talking earlier, weren't we, mm. about um, the fact that there is so much repetition yeah. and establishment of certain things along these studies. Yes. Certainly definitely. things like the transformation that mm. we get in Christ simply through accurate, intimate um, connectivity and encounter with Jesus, certainly. Yeah. But also, you know, patterns yes. have been arising, haven't they? Yeah. Things like Jesus takes or God takes, um, you know, nobodies mm. and uses them to reveal himself to, the, uh, you know, big things that yes. even now we build our faith upon. Yeah. Um, and I just love the fact that there has been so much continuity and mm. building within yeah. these studies. So I hope they've been as much as a blessing to you as they have been to us. Mm. I definitely feel like I know God more yes. and understand yeah. him yes. better. Yes. And uh, and also I keep saying it, keep saying it every every study. But it is am- it is amazing how you can wash over little things in the Bible mm-hmm. and put them down as just narrative mm-hmm. when actually when mm-hmm. you get into them, they are hugely significant. Yes. And our understanding of that can bring that open to us and al- alive to us for yes. so much more. Yeah. So, yeah, lots to learn. And uh, anyway, I hope that's been a- as uh, interesting and and a good building tool for you as it has for us. Mm-hmm. Well, let's kick on then. Let's start with looking today at our beautiful woman at the well. Yeah. Um, I am going to say it. <laughs> I think this is my favourite. Yes, yeah. Mine too. Absolutely hands yeah. oh, It really is. And, you know, when um, I wanted to do the studies on people from the Bible, I literally just wrote a, literally mm. a long list of people that I wanted us to study. Mm. And I just worked randomly through the list. Yeah. But but actually, there has been such a continuity and flow. Yeah. Um, it feels very orchestrated almost. Yeah. Um, it feels like there's architecture and yeah. deliberate deliberate deliberality. Is that a word? Ooh. Oh, that oh, will do. Oh, it is now. <laughs> yeah, it is now. We'll do it. That'll do. Um, it just feels very deliberate. Yeah. Um, the, sort of the 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 chronological order that yeah. we've looked at these people in, and for t- for today, this. She seems the most perfect person mm. to finish the study mm. on, yeah. because her message is so hopeful. Yes. Yeah. And it really leaves me, um, after all these studies, on the mountaintop. Yes, yes. And so uh, I just hope that's the same for you today. So shall we Shall we kick on? Yes. Okay, yes. let's get on then. Okay, so let's look at, at some facts. Let's look at what we know about her. Uh, well, it all starts in John 4. So John 4 is where the, the woman at the well comes into play. Mm-hmm. And we are introduced to, yet again, mm-hmm. another un- unnamed woman, a Samaritan woman. Yes, yeah. but she's got a really sordid background. Mm. Again, a continuity in our stories, mm. isn't it? Mm, yeah. A lot of people with horrific backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. And I just that just gives yeah, me so much hope. Absolutely. I mean we've that's the first fact and I'm happy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, so we have this narrative in John four where Jesus is travelling through the region of Samaria and he's on his way from Jerusalem um in the south. Uh, to Galilee in the north, Hmm. okay? And he's resting uh, next to the well Mm -hmm. and he's all alone. 
and the disciples have gone to the next town, the next village, to gather some food, to mm, purchase yeah. some food. So Jesus is on his own next to a well in Samaria. So it sounds pretty underwhelming, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it sounds pretty mundane. And all of a sudden, while he's resting, a woman comes to the well to draw her daily portion of mm. water for her family. And um, she also is alone. Mm. And we'll find as we go through the story that that the fact that Jesus was mm. alone and the fact that she was alone are actually significant in yeah. our understanding. Uh, maybe she picked the an hour where she knew that nobody else would be there mm. um, and that being alone was actually the delib- the her deliberate action mm. because she was an outcast yeah. and she avoided people wherever necessary and what we know about this woman and we'll get into this as we go through the study is that this woman really was troubled mm. she was an outcast mm. she was sordid um and also nobody really bothered with her much yeah. and so the fact that she was alone the fact that she would have um, chosen to, you know, find an awkward or odd hour mm. of the day yeah. to go and be alone yeah. to, to do her business at the well um, is significant mm. um, because she was, as we know, an adulterer. Yeah. Okay. She had sin. Mm. Um, so she was dodging people. She was dodging situations. You know, she'd obviously had quite a lot of flack mm. and a lot of issue yeah. regarding that amongst the, the other Samaritans. So she was, you know, doing her own thing, mm. keeping out of people's way. Yeah. John actually does give 42 verses to her, and that's wow. quite a lot. Yeah. He gives 42 verses to her in John 4. And at first, it all seems very mundane, very domestic, very normal. Mm. I mean, it wasn't a pleasant job going to draw the no. water yeah. it was women's work mm. it was dirty mm. you had to walk a long way to get it um probably in the heat of the day yeah. sometimes they did it twice a day they did wow. it in the morning in the evening um it's not you know there was no plastic mm. in those days <laughs> so they would have had to take probably uh, pottery pots yeah. um big ones because mm. they had to carry enough water for the household yeah. so you carry a big old pot you know, maybe three miles mm. in the boiling heat to the well. Yeah. Then you had to fill it up with water and carry it back. Yeah. Um, water and dust make mud. Yeah. So you're dirty. Um, and you, you would have had a lot of aches and pains. Mm. Yeah. So it wasn't a pleasant job. Yeah. It was mundane, filthy, dirty. You know, you would have got up in the morning thinking, oh, heck, I've got to go yeah. get the water now. Yeah. There was no joy in it at all. It really was the lowest form of domestic life. Yeah. Yes. Um, so bear that in mind, okay, because yeah. that's going to become significant as we go through the story mm. too. But who would have thought that this woman who was going to do this horrible, dirty old job that was very mundane, normal, mm. you know, run of the mill, the daily grind, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, her whole life was about to be completely transformed and changed in a very normal setting. Yes. Yet again, how many times have we heard that <laughs> yeah. in our studies? Yeah. yeah. And I do love that. Yes. So we've got to be looking for our transformations and our opportunities mm. in Christ in, in the most normal yeah. of situations, yeah. not just in a Sunday, in a church meeting, you know, on Christmas Day. Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> on Easter. Yeah. You know, we don't want those religious settings no. or ideas of how God visits us. Yeah. He's looking to meet us in the normal, yeah. in the mundane. Yeah. Thank the Lord. Yeah. Because suddenly then the mundane and the, and the domestic yeah. doesn't stay there. Yeah. It becomes spectacular. Yeah. And that's exciting. Yes, yeah. it is. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk a little bit about the well. Because mm -hmm. the well is significant in this story. And the well that the Samaritan woman came to um, was actually Jacob's well. Mm -hmm. And Jacob's well was um, a famous well. It was a communal well. It wasn't a private well. And it was on a plot of land that Jacob purchased so that he could pitch his tent in the land of Canaan. Mm -hmm. So we're told that in Genesis 33, verse 18 to 19. So there's a there's a longevity mm. of this well yeah. so way back you know pre-christ way back in jacob's time he purchased a piece of land and he drew a well on mm. it um and it's still being used now in jesus time so yeah. it's significant yeah. it's established yes yeah and actually this is the very first piece of land recorded in scripture that was purchased by an israelite mm. to dwell on now, when we did the Abraham and Sarah study, mm. the Sarah study, we do know that Abraham purchased the first yes. piece of land yeah. that was owned by an Israelite, but he bought it to bury Sarah in. Mm. We're told that in Genesis 23. But this piece of land that Jacob mm. bought was actually the first piece of land that was bought in order to dwell upon. Right. Yeah. Okay? So it was significant because, remember, back in the day, the Israelites didn't have the right to purchase mm, yeah. property or to own things. Yeah. Um, so it was significant. Mm. So it was an established mm. place. Yeah. It was an established source, yes? Yeah. And we know also from Joshua 24, verse 32, that this was the place where Joseph was buried. Right. And it's still really famous today. I've been to Jacob's well. Mm, yeah, it's right. very, very famous. Yeah. Um, and it literally is a big old piece of land with a well on it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still used today. Right. It's still a well today, thousands of years later. Wow. Yeah. What was significant about this uh, well, Jacob's well, in Samaria? is that it was the only well in the area. So they had springs, right. but they didn't have a well. Yeah. So the difference between springs and a well is that springs are more surface mm -hmm. and wells are deep. Yeah. yeah. So if you get a well, the quality of the water is better. Right. Okay? Um, whereas a spring is tends to be a, a breaking through on the surface. Mm. So it's not that forceful. Mm -hmm. And also it gets muddied mm, because yeah. it mixes with the earth. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it was the only well that was around the area. And it was known, and it still is known today, for its finest springs. I mean, it's wow. good quality stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's plentiful. It's never run dry. Yeah. Yes. It's fresh water. It's clean. And it's cold. Mm. And I think that's interesting mm. too. So it was always a sign, and it still is today. It's always Jacob's well is always a sign of God's grace upon Jacob. Mm. Mm. Yes, that yes. in this dry and barren land, yeah. you have a spring of living water, a well that is deep. Mm. Yeah. Yes, and that can quench the thirst. Mm, and yeah. that it's cold yeah. yeah yes and we know from john 4 verse 11 that it was a deep well mm, they yeah. tell us that and you could only draw water from a very long rope through a hole that was dug out of soft limestone wow so this is all adds to the propheticness of this situation mm, yeah yeah because 
we've got this real place of resource mm-hmm. you're you're going to get always a good drawer of water yeah. from this well it's going to quench you mm. it's going to clean you um and it becomes it, even though it's a natural thing it's a well yeah it become it's going to become a really prophetic picture yeah of what Jesus was offering the woman. And we'll get to that in a Mm. minute. But just so significant. This story would not have had the same impact Mm. if Jesus met her on the side of the road. Right. Or he met her in a wood. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. The fact that it was by a deep well that had longevity and prophetic purpose and and was Mm. identified with blessing Mm. would be really, really Mm. important in the story. So this whole issue of drawing water from a deep well is really, really significant. Mm. Um, And again, it would have been a real hard Mm. job to do. So again, we just think, off this woman went, walked up to the well, got her water, went home. Well, no. Like I said, it could have taken Mm. possibly hours to do. Um, You walk to the well, you know, you get it done, you come home. It's going to be hard work. Yeah. Um, I think what's interesting on some practical levels here is that the way that it worked uh, worked in the times is that it it's not a well like we would imagine. Mm. It literally was a big old hole in the ground. Yeah. So um, and because it was an open yeah. hole and it had you know you could fall into mm. it. Yeah. There would have been a massive stone rolled over it to prevent people from falling in and livestock falling in and so because of that most women would you know neighbors people that lived next to each other would knock on each other's doors and say hey don't forget we got the water run at 10 o'clock in the morning (laughs) and you would get together groups of usually two or three women and you would go to the well together yeah because it would take two or three of you to roll the stone away now what does that remind us of yet again maybe another reason when we look back at the previous study or one of the previous studies that we've done on mary magdalene is that you know she'd gone to the grave to the to the um cave the tomb and her she was going to meet the other women there to roll the stone away so it was common practice for them to roll the stones away together as women because you would never have been able to do that by yourself no No way so the fact that she would go to collect her water possibly by herself because she was an outcast meant extra burden and work for her because she would have to physically you know grapple Mm. with this big old stone that weighed a ton yeah yes and so yet again there he is um and also the way it worked is they were communal wells even though it was jacob's well Mm. which meant it it was jewish Mm. it belonged to Mm. the jews um it was very it it was a communal well Mm. nobody necessarily owned the wells but they didn't want just any old people just helping themselves to the water. So there wasn't a mechanism at the well to draw water. Right. It literally was a hole in the ground with a stone over the top. And you would then have to bring your own things. Yeah. So you'd have to bring your own vessel to mm-hmm. carry the water. And you brought a very long rope, which normally was worn around the waist. Right. So they would wrap it around their waist like a belt. Yeah. And then they would unwrap it. They would tie their pot to, or their vase or mm. whatever it is, to the rope. And they would lower it in then, gather uh, the water and then heave it up. I mean, yeah. you can't imagine oh how heavy that would be, yeah. would you? Wow. And because it was so deep, 
it would have taken a lot yeah. of time, yeah. a lot of pulls to get it up. Yeah. So I know we're, we're, we're being laborious in our detail here, but it really mm. is important when we, when we come to the telling of this yeah, story. Yeah. Okay, so that's the naturalness of the well, mm. which is significant. But now we've got to hit another natural issue that is hugely significant. And this, I think, is the biggest issue that's overlooked when we just glance over mm. this story yeah. without really digging it deeper. And that is that the woman was a Samaritan. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And trust me, this was a big issue. Yeah. So basically, the Samaritans were a mixed race people and they were descendants of pagans. Mm. All right. Mm. Um, and what had happened over centuries was that they had intermarried with the few remaining Israelites um, after the Assyrians conquered the Northern Kingdom in 722 BC. Mm. So for hundreds of years, there had been mixture brought mm. into the Jewish race by marriage um, and intercourse with the Samaritans. Right. And so, trust me, what we're saying here in that detail is they were trouble, yeah. okay? Yeah. They were a real threat to the purity mm. of Israel. Mm. Now, you might have picked this up from, up from pe previous studies that we've done, but the piousness mm. and the pride mm. and the sanctimonious... Um, belief that the Jewish, mm. the the Jews were a pure race, mm. yeah. is very significant in a lot of our stories, hasn't yeah, it? it has, um, yeah. That anything that would defile yeah. that was seen as dirty. Mm. It was seen as wrong. Mm. It was seen as destructive, and basically, the Jews did not believe in mixture. No. So even in the mm. faith today, you have a different sink for one food type and you can't mix yes. it with another type. Yeah. Yeah. You don't mix people. You don't mix days. You yeah. don't mix liquids. You don't mix foods. You don't mix things. Yeah. So mixture is a real big issue mm. in the Jewish faith. And this really comes alive in mm. this story. So if you remember back in Nehemiah, again, centuries before mm. our story in John 4, We've got Sambalet. Remember yeah. him? Yes. And he was an early governor of Samaria. Okay, we're told that in Nehemiah 4, verse 1 to 2. And the story occurs in Nehemiah where the Jewish high priest's grandson marries Sambalet's daughter. Okay? Mm. And a mixed marriage is introduced in, in the Jewish faith. And nobody is happy about mm. that. Okay? And Nehemiah wrote in Nehemiah 13, verse 28, that the marriage defiled the priesthood and the covenant of the Levites. Wow. Mm. So even wow. a bringing in of Jews and Samaritans, mm. yes, was seen as a defilement of the yeah. holy priesthood. Wow. And the covenant of the Levites had been broken yeah. because mixture had been brought in. Right. So can you see now how the issue of being a Samaritan now is really significant yes. to the yeah. story? Yes. So the Samaritans were an odd bunch. You know, we can't we can't <laughs> escape that. Um, the Samaritans blended Judaism in with paganism and they worshipped on Mount Gerizim. Okay, in Samaria. Mm. And so Sambalet had built a replica temple down to the smallest detail, copying the Jewish temple in Jerusalem. Mm. And the false priesthood worshipped there and they mimicked the true priesthood. Mm. So here we have, right back in the day, you know, uh, 
in Nehemiah's day that the Jews were really not happy mm. that um, the high priest's grandson had married Sambele's daughter. And so Sambele gets very, very, you know, mm. upset about mm. that. And he goes, right, you know, we're not good enough, huh? You're not happy with us, right? Okay, well, I'm going to build a replica temple that you say God has told you to build and we'll worship our way there too. Mm. And we'll make ourselves equal to you. So there's this, wow. this is history yeah. between Jew and Samaritan that has brought mixture yeah. and mm. it has brought defilement, but also it's brought separation mm. between Jew and Gentile. Yeah. Um, Samaritans did believe odd things. Remember, they were a mixture of mm. Judaism and paganism. Yeah. So the Samaritans regarded the Pentateuch, which is the first five mm. books of the Old Testament. Yeah. They believed that they, they were sacred. Mm -hmm but they totally rejected Psalms and the prophets. They weren't having mm. that. And you know what? There is a small remnant of Samaritans today mm. um, within Israel, um, and they still believe that. Yeah. They still live in Samaria, and they still believe that. Mm. So all of that is significant, and it's also significant in the sense that Jesus, we've already said this, was traveling a direct route from Jerusalem to Galilee, yeah. okay? And what <clears throat> that meant was, so he was going from Jerusalem in, in the south to Galilee in the north, mm -hmm. and it was a direct route, yeah. okay? Um, but it went, that meant it went directly through Samaria, right. <laughs> which was the territory of yeah. the Samaritans. Yeah. We're told that in John 4 verse 3. So Jesus just went, you know, he, there was a sandwich. So Samaria was sandwiched in between um, Jerusalem and Galilee. Mm. And he just went directly through yeah. it. Okay. Now, that is significant because self-respecting Jews would have never, ever traveled the direct route <laughs> yeah. from Samar through yeah. Samaria. It was a no-no. Yeah. It wasn't going to happen. They actually would have traveled a different route. And they would have traveled east of the Jordan River which was a whole feat in itself wow. because it's not a little trickle of no, water that yeah. it's a massive raging dangerous expanse of water yeah. they would they would cross the jordan river they would head then north through decapolis crossing back over the jordan river wow. so not once but twice oh my gosh and they would go into galilee so they would go all the way around these yeah. dangerous terrains just to avoid going through samaria um what this actually did was, I mean, it was miles and miles out. Yeah. yeah. All right. They um, talk about making something simple so difficult. Yeah. I mean, they really did add days to their journey because mm, of wow. it. Um, and they did all that simply to avoid a territory. Mm. Yeah. It was seen as unclean. It was seen as dirty and defiled mm. and dangerous and alien. And they just would not cross it. And it would have been totally scandalous for any Jew mm. to do that. Wow. wow. That kind of makes the story interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. Because Jesus deliberately, deliberately <laughs> broke the rules, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. And in John wow. 4 verse 4, it says this. It says, Jesus needed to go through Samaria. Wow. Mm. Yes, he had a purpose to fulfill. Yeah. 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 And so that's basically mm. the beginning of our background. So it's really important that we understand the geography. Yeah. It's really important that we understand the culture and the history and the rivalry. Mm. It's really important that we understand that, that it's at a well yes. and the significance of that yeah. well. And that really has set us up to actually now begin the story. Yeah.
Interesting, yeah, huh? Yeah, very. Interesting. What spoke to you? I think just that end bit there that you were saying, yeah. Beck, about how Jesus went through Samaria. Mm. He knew he had to go there. Yeah. And even just in that, that he broke the rules by not going around mm. the outside way. Yeah. That seems like a lot of fuss <laughs> to go around the edge. Yeah. It's a big yeah. detour, that, isn't it? Yeah. So it seems like he, rather than doing what was expected yes. of him, mm. yeah. he was like, no, yeah. I'm going to do what I need to do. And if that breaks your rules, then yeah, so it does. be it. Yeah. Yeah, so I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, and me, the, the fact that he had a purpose to fulfill and that was mm. the most important thing. Yeah. Mm. He wasn't interested in the religious. He wasn't interested in in what they had set up mm. to be seen the as more, the way yeah. to do mm. it. The acceptable. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and he, he was intent on fulfilling the purpose. Absolutely. Yeah. Love that. So yeah. we get, we're set up nicely now, aren't yeah. we, for the story? Yeah. Okay, should we get to it? Yes, <laughs> yeah, bring it on. Okay, so here we go. Jesus is on this journey yeah. from one place to another. Yeah. And he come and he's in Samaria, which is taboo. He shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, and he's resting at the well. Mm-hmm. Okay. The disciples have gone to the next town to get some food and he's alone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it tells us that he was thirsty and he was weary. Mm. Okay. But he didn't have a rope to draw the water. Because remember, you had to bring the rope yourself. Yeah. Um, So a woman comes along at this obscure time of day to get her water for her household. And he looks at her and he says, could you get me a glass of water? Can I have can I have a water some water? And it was actually more of a command more than a request. Mm. But it was not harsh in any way. Mm, yeah. And this very simple, practical, mundane, almost insignificant situation mm. kickstarts a most amazing back and forth dialogue mm, mm. Be- between him and this woman. And it is spectacular, spectacular in every way. Yeah. Okay. She's not offended and she doesn't react. Mm. Okay. To him asking this question. But we do know in John 4 verse 9 that she immediately expressed huge surprise and not fear, Mm. but absolute astonishment Mm. that Jesus would speak to her. For all the reasons we've just discussed. Number one, he's a man at the well, unheard of. Mm. Number two, he's a Jew, unheard of. Mm -hmm. And number three, she knows that she's who she is and why she has to dodge people to be there alone. So there's a lot of shock at this point of the story. And she cannot believe that he's spoken to Mm. her. Mm. Yeah. Everything about this situation Mm. is remarkable. And let's look at why. Yeah. Okay. So in John 4, this encounter is completely remarkable. Number one, because Jesus was alone. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about that, and again, who would would think that there was anything in that statement (laughs) alone? I didn't. But Jesus was never alone. No. Um, Normally, you know, they moved around in twos and threes or crowds. Um, Jesus was alone, we know, in Gethsemane. We know that. Mm. Um, But he was never alone. And especially... You know, if you're going to go rock up to dangerous territory where you're not supposed to be, would you be left alone while the whole other gang go into the next town to look for food? No. No. You wouldn't, would you? You'd say to somebody, stay with Jesus, you know, make sure he's okay. Um, And also, I'm guessing that going to buy food as a Jew in Samaria was not an easy thing. Mm. Yeah. Okay, because nobody would really want to sell them 
anything. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the fact that Jesus was alone is a is is remarkable. Yeah. It's it's orchestrated, of yes. course. Yeah. It's deliberate, of course. Yeah. Um, but it it just is a very very yeah. unusual thing. Also, number two, Jesus was thirsty and he was weary. Mm. And I think what's interesting about this and remarkable about this is that here we have one of the very few times in the Gospels where we are introduced to Jesus mm. as a human. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And if you think about it, Jesus is the son of God. Mm. OK, he came in human form. OK, he only did what he saw his father doing. Mm. OK, he lived as a human. Yeah. But. Jesus never actually needed to be thirsty because he could have been quenched by the Holy Spirit. Yes. By the Holy Spirit, yeah, yeah. he could have been quenched by God supernaturally, yeah. and weary. Yeah, he could have had supernatural, supernatural strength, strength and yes. capacity. Yes, but we're t- not told that. We're told of something about his humanness. Yes, yeah. again, all completely orchestrated. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, all yeah. completely deliberate. Number three. Jesus initiated the conversation with the woman. Yeah. Completely unheard of. Men did not speak to women at the well. Mm. It was seen as beneath them. Yeah. It was seen as as women's work. Mm. You never saw a man at the well. Mm. Very, very, very rarely. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that Jesus initiated the conversation mm. with a woman was a big issue. Yeah. Next one, number four. A Jew spoke to a Samaritan. Yeah. Wow. We've explained that, haven't yeah. we, in some yeah. detail. Unheard of, yeah. absolutely unheard of. Um, even the fact that there was a Jew in Samaria yeah. Yeah. was a big issue, let alone sat by you well, yeah. talking to you. <laughs> um, next one, that Jesus drank from an unclean vessel mm. from an unclean woman. Yeah. Unheard of. Mm. Remember, she didn't have a plastic cup. She didn't have she didn't have her um her water bottle. No. She probably had a massive great yeah. big um vessel, yeah. pottery vessel, and he would have had to drink from the same yes. vessel that had carried all the water for all the Samaritans for months and yeah. months, even yeah. possibly years. Or they'd even put their mouth to it and drunk mm-hmm. from it. Yeah. So the fact that he drunk from an unclean vessel from an unclean woman, remarkable. Yeah. Unheard of. Yeah. And finally that Jesus had chosen, and this is the oh, this this point. This is the real big story mm. here. Is that Jesus? Why? What makes this remarkable? Is that Jesus chose this time, this place, and this audience, this mundane, filthy, you know, mm. normal, horrible situation, mm. to disclose for the very first time ever his true identity mm. as the Messiah. Yeah. Wow! Wow! love that so much and what we hear in this story is is that there are some great similarities to Gethsemane Mm. so for example the women coming to roll away the stone well yes there's there's significance there Um, we've got the issue that he reveals that he is the Messiah Mm. we never talk he never talks about that again until Gethsemane so it's interesting then you've got you've got that correlation Mm. there um, the fact that he was alone. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Again, we know in Gethsemane he was alone. So this story has a lot of correlation mm. and it's a hugely significant because it is here for the very first time mm. he reveals his yeah. true identity as the yeah. Messiah. Yeah. And that just blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely blew my mind. Okay. So Jesus asks her for a drink. Yeah. And what happens is she gives it to him. And they start a conversation mm. 
all about living water. Mm-hmm. We won't go into detail um, about some parts of the scripture because you can read about that in John 4. We just want to pick out some certain things from here today. Yeah. But if you read in John 4, you will see the back and forth dialogue mm. between her and Jesus. But it's all about living water. Mm. Yeah. So what's evident right from the very first time she gives him the drink mm. is that she understood mm. that Jesus was actually making an amazing claim yeah. yeah that he was actually the messiah yeah so remember the jews and the samaritans too because they believed in the, the first five books of the bible so mm. that it, they would have believed the same thing they were believing for the messiah to come yes okay and so they she would have been very very aware of that mm. that she was the same as a jew in that sense that they were they had messianic hope yes yes they were yes. believing that so right at the beginning she knows that this man that has rocked up mm. at her mundane life mm. is actually not a normal man just a man asking for a natural yeah. drink but she knows that he's actually speaking to her in mysteries mm. and parables mm. and that he's talking about something much yes. deeper. Yeah. She knows from the from the very beginning that he is talking about the Messiah yeah. and offering her something that has eternal value. Yeah. She knows he's not offering her a normal glass of right. water. She knows that he's offering her eternal life. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Wow. And she says, um, she says in uh, verse 11 to 12 of John 4, Sir, you've nothing to draw with, and it's a deep well. Where will you get that living water that you speak of? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and livestock? So what mm. she's saying here is basically, he's talking about drawing mm. water living water from the well but i know he's not really talking about natural water yeah and she didn't feel obviously confident enough to come right out and go and say to him well you're not talking about you know natural water you're talking about spiritual things she didn't obviously feel that confident Mm. so she kind of comes back with the question and says well what water are you talking about because i know you've got you can't draw it naturally you don't have Mm. a rope Mm. and the water's deep Mm. But are you saying, uh, where will you get this water that you're talking Mm. about? And then she says, are you talking about the water that Jacob gave us? And she's kind of questioning him and probing him. Yeah. Yeah? Jesus continues to talk to her about living water. He doesn't let up. Mm. (laughs) And he actually comes to a point where he assures her that the water that he offers was much better than the water from Jacob's well. We're told that in verse 13 and 14. So what happens is she's got this encounter. It's all around a sip of water from a natural well. Mm. But she clocks on very early that it's got nothing to do with that. He's just using it as an analogy, as Mm. a parable. Mm. She knows in her spirit that he is talking about something else. And it ignites her messianic hope. Mm. Yes, yeah. he's talking about the Messiah. And wait a minute, I think he's, he is the Messiah. Mm. But she doesn't quite feel brave enough to say yeah. it outright. Yeah. So she grows curious. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and she actually asks him in verse 15, can I have the living water mm-hmm. that you talk mm-hmm. of? She understood that he was talking about mm. spiritual water, spiritual life. Yeah. yeah. So... 
what happens here may seem mundane, may seem something we gloss over, but here we have actually an amazing time mm. of dialogue yes. that's occurring in a very taboo mm. place. Mm. And she understands what Jesus is saying. He's speaking in parables and she knows what he is yeah. saying exactly. Yeah. There's no doubt in her mind about what he is saying. And she's really intrigued. She's happy mm. and she feels special. Mm. And it's all going well. Here comes this man. The fact that he's spoken to her a woman. Yes. The fact that yeah. he's a Jew. The fact that she's, you know, flawed and mm. an outcast. Here's this man. He's rocking up. He's not just asking for something natural. Mm. He's offering her spiritual life. It's all going fabulously. And then <laughs> Jesus drops the bombshell. <laughs> so the conversation has all been about water mm. and hope and she understands it's not it's not really about natural mm. water and then he goes in for the kill yeah and he turns to her and he says to her go and call your husband and come back here that's verse 16 yeah she's now a bit devastated mm. she's in a real quandary now yeah. because she's got so excited her hopes are up. She's been included mm. and she's felt an outcast her whole life. She knows that this man is more than natural. Yeah. Yeah. She knows that he's, talk he's talking truth. Mm. He knows that he's talking directly to her. And he's now asking for her to go and get her husband. Mm. And she's panicking. Because the truth is, is that her truth was horrible. Yeah. And she just didn't want to admit it. Yeah. Okay. She didn't have a husband because yeah. she was in adultery with somebody else's husband. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So he's absolutely right. Mm. You know, I yeah. don't have a husband. Yeah. yeah. But I'm in adultery. Yeah. So mm. she didn't want to admit the truth. Mm. Okay. But she was faced with a, a dilemma. She was faced with a choice. Yes. Is she going to lie mm. to this man? Or is she going to tell him the truth? Yeah. And... She started to think, oh, you know, Jesus here mm. seems to be assuming that she was a good woman mm. with a respectable home and an honourable husband. Yeah. And, you know, that must have brought a little bit of panic yeah, in her. Yeah, definitely. Okay? Yeah. So what happens is in verse 17, she decides to not lie, thank God. Yeah. But she decides to tell him some of the truth. Mm. She didn't reveal the full truth. Mm. But she just gave him a little sliver of truth. And she said to him, Sir, I do not have a husband. Mm. And here, <laughs> Jesus responds to her in this mm. beautiful way. And this is now where it all accelerates. Yeah. Um, Jesus, of course, of course, of course, already knew the truth. Yeah. He knew everything about her, including her name. We yeah. don't know her yeah. name, but he yeah. knew. Yeah. And he says to her, you have well said, I have no husband, mm. for you have had five. <laughs> <laughs> and the one whom you have now is not your husband. In that you spoke truthfully. He yeah. tells us that in verse 17 to 18. So we've got this situation. And I always imagine, this isn't biblical, folks, but I always imagined as I was reading this story, a little smile on Jesus's mm. face where he might have said to her, what he's saying in paraphrase is, well done, love. 
You know, you have, you're right. Yeah. You have no husband mm. because I know exactly what you are. Mm. I know exactly the fact that yeah. the, the man that you are sleeping with now is not your husband. Mm. And I do know that you've had five husbands mm. because you're an adulterer. Yeah. Yes. And the one that you are with now is not your husband. But well done. You spoke truthfully to me. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And we get this understanding that suddenly Jesus did not rebuke yeah. her as a liar. Mm. He did not rebuke her as an adulterer. Yeah. In fact, he actually praised her for telling the truth, Tr for speaking yeah, yes. truthfully. And what's interesting is that she wasn't actually denying her sin. She just didn't, wasn't proud of it. Mm. She was ashamed of it. Yeah. So to retain her dignity, mm. she actually could have just sidestepped the whole truth and lied outright mm -hmm. to him. But she didn't. And that is what Jesus responded to. Mm. He responded to her truth, yeah. her authenticity, mm. even though it wasn't perfect. Mm. And we hear that, again, yeah. that common thread throughout these studies, don't yeah. we? Yeah. Jesus actually knew her sin mm. down to the nitty-gritty. Mm. Yes. Yeah. He knew the details. Yeah. And later, when she recounted her meeting with Jesus, it was his knowing of that that made the greatest impression on her. We're told mm. that in verse 29 to 39. Mm. So an amazing story, really, of how what clinched the deal for her, what went from talking about, you know, water of life, mm -hmm. experiencing inter eternal, the, the, yeah. the, you know, sort of satisfaction of yeah. her soul, mm -hmm. of her longing, mm -hmm. of her thirst, understanding, maybe daring to guess that he mm -hmm. actually was the Messiah. It all came down to the fact that he knew her sin mm -hmm. yeah. and it didn't matter to him. Yeah. He just wanted her. her. Yeah, yeah. So she responded to Jesus and she said, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Mm -hmm. And we're told that in verse 19. Yeah. So it's almost like her, her acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. I know that you are real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know yeah. that you are the Messiah. Yeah. What he actually did was that he unmasked her. Mm -hmm. He knew her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He didn't judge her. No. no. He just asked her for a drink of water and started a very intimate, mm. personal mm. conversation with yeah. her. I think that this woman must have had a thousand questions no, in her uh, head. Who is this? Yeah. How does he know about me? You know, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, she must have had lots and lots of questions. Um, and you'd think at that point, wouldn't you, she would have fallen to her knees and mm. gone, I know who you are. I know what yeah. you're saying. I know what you're offering. And um, I want it. Yes? Mm. But she didn't. Mm. And what verse 20 tells us was that she diverted the question. He was get you know, she's mm. acknowledged now yeah. that, you know, she, he's real, that he knows the nitty gritty. Mm. He knows her inside. He knows her secrets. Mm. And she has a moment where she diverts the question. And it's almost like, wow, this man's real. Well, I've got some more questions. So I'm going to in for a penny, in for a pound. I'm going yeah. for it. I'm going to ask some <laughs> questions. And she says to him, um, well, basically, she asks him a question and she asks him about who was right, the Jews or the Samaritans? Mm. Is the temple in Gerizim or the temple in Jerusalem right? right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So she gets into detail. Yeah. She gets into the political arena of mm. this culture, of this clash, mm. of this inequality between the Jews and the Samaritans. 
and she found she took the opportunity which makes me laugh she took the opportunity to find out some real religious yeah. issues of identity yeah. and correctness that had been bothering her yeah she wanted to know what was right yeah okay and what i love here and this really did i felt very tender in this moment in in the bible when i read this is that Jesus did not brush her aside. He didn't shut her up. He didn't ignore her. He actually responded to her question Mm. and he responded by answering it in quite a lot of detail. And in verse 21 to 24, which is quite a lot of Mm. of verses, um, he tells her that where you worship isn't the issue. Mm. And who, but what what the issue is, is whom you worship, Mm and how you worship right and then he went on to tell her in verse 22 that the religious tradition that she grown up in was false and then jesus stirred up steered her back to the issue of the big reveal okay and he told her that there was a new age that was dawning mm. and that her messianic expectation was being stirred up by him and and she got it yeah yes yeah. she understood yeah. And so here we have this amazing encounter in a place that was taboo, Mm. in a place that was dangerous. And he went right into the heart of this woman, spoke in a parable that she understood straight away. And also then he he had a word of knowledge and told her about her innermost Mm. sin that she didn't scare her and make her made her run off, but made her stay and ask deeper questions. Right. Yes. Yeah. And what happened was that she had been born in a really corrupt religion, Mm. a mixture of paganism Mm. and and Judaism. But she had the same messianic hope that the Jews had as well. Mm. And Holy Spirit was actually at work in her. He was starting to bring it all together. So she says in verse 25, I know that Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. Mm. And what she was actually saying here was that she knew that he was the Messiah because he knew her sin and her deep secrets. So again, maybe she didn't feel confident to say, oh my word, you knew my sin. That makes you the Messiah because the Messiah will tell us all things. So what she's actually saying here is Messiah is coming and when he comes, he will tell us all things just like you've told Mm. me all things because Mm. you're the Messiah. Yeah. It's a very clear interaction. Yeah. She's letting him know that yeah. she knows who he is. Yeah. And I just think that's an amazing story. Beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. I wonder what spoke to you about that. Yeah. I think it was the the whole setup. It was just a setup. Yeah, you really feel that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you do. And the fact that we don't know her name yeah is irrelevant but it isn't it's quite important in a way because i think that points to each one of us who've come to know jesus Mm. as our savior and lord he does know our names yeah but that's not what's important it's our heart and the fact that he came with no uh surrounding posse Yes. Or his posse. soldiers <laughs> next to him, or he He's wasn't dr- he wasn't yeah. dressed yeah. in wealthy clothes or anything. He just came as himself. Yeah, and yet she knew him 
because there was that meeting of spirits mm. and how much was accomplished mm. in such a short time. Yeah, I mean, it totally transformed her life. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And also, what I love, I think you're right. I think we, in some of our studies, the names of people have been, been highly important. significant, yeah. Yeah. haven't they? Yeah. They've been the purpose of yes. the whole story. Yeah. yeah. But here we have yet another woman yeah. without a name. Yeah. And I just love the fact, like you've said, that the fact that she has no name, but that means the identity is not, you know, sort of established yeah. by that. I mean, she's the woman at the well. Yeah. She's not the adulterer at the well. No. She's yeah. not, you know, she is just the woman mm. at the well. Yeah. And I do love that. Yeah. You're right. And it's just like the encounter with him changes the identity. Yes. yes. And I absolutely think yeah. that that's very significant. Yeah, definitely. definitely. It could, could be... Any one of us. Any one of us. Yeah. And any one of those to come or yeah. those who've gone. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I just love that. It's just mm. so yeah. simple, isn't it? It is. Beautiful. Okay, let's see what happened. Well, I think the, what's interesting is that Jesus actually never revealed him himself again mm. until the night that he was betrayed. Mm. He never talked about being the Messiah again until the night he was betrayed. Yeah. Another correlation yes. there. Yes. So the very first time that Jesus revealed himself as the Messiah is to a Samaritan woman with a shady past. <laughs> yeah? yeah. The fact that she knew this before he revealed it to her is a testimony yes. of her faith. Yes. Because he didn't have to convince her. No. He didn't have to he didn't have to keep going on until mm. she got it. She actually understood pretty early on. Yeah. Early on pretty early on that there was something what he was saying. Yeah. Yes. And what I love is that Jesus actually responded to her tiny seed of messianic hope. Mm. Yeah. Despite her religious and carnal position. Mm. So she was highly flawed religiously yeah. and she was highly flawed in her carnality. Mm. But the tiny seed of messianic hope is what he responded to. Yeah. He chose to reveal himself to her. Mm. I mean, it's no it's no gossip, this, is it? It's no. not, it's, I mean, it's not a tidbit, this news. No. No. <laughs> it really, really is hugely significant. Yeah. I mean, it's a real scoop. I mean, it's mm. stop all press, isn't it? Yeah. This is what we still build our faith upon today. Yes, yes. That's right. And it all started with an outcast yeah. woman mm. in sin in a dusty, dirty old yeah. well yeah. in wow. an alien land. Yeah. I love wow. that. Yeah. I mean, if we can't learn from that yes. and and yeah. help that build our identity Absolutely. in Christ, what, could, what can? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah? Yeah. What I love now is the mm. disciples. Let's mm. talk about them yeah. because we've got to love the disciples. They are a bit, they, they, they make oh us laugh, don't they? Because they really just get themselves into some trouble at times. But scripture tells us that it was exactly at this point um, when, she when she knows that he's the Messiah, mm. yeah. that the disciples returned from the village and they were in absolute shock. They were mortified <laughs> that Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well. You can almost put them going like, oh, no, he's talking to somebody at the well. We're in Samaria. He's talking to a woman. What's he doing? Can't leave him for five minutes. What's happening? I told you we should have stayed with him. You can imagine, can't you, this yeah. banter, this yeah. shock, yeah. this absolute, they hated it. Yeah. They were really disgusted mm. that he was doing it. And what actually happened was that they returned just at the right time <laughs> to hear Jesus declare himself as the Messiah. Wow. But what's really funny <laughs> is that we have no indication in scripture. There is no narrative about how they responded to that. Right. And I think maybe they were so caught up 
Yeah. In the end, in uh, they were so indignified um, and outraged that Jesus mm. and shocked that Jesus was talking to this woman that they possibly didn't hear him, yeah. or they possibly, you know, trivialized yeah. it, got lost in the detail, and missed this big announcement. Yeah. Yeah, because wow. he had to tell them again at Gethsemane. Mm. He had to try again. Mm. And we know, as we've looked in some of the studies of the disciples, that several times Jesus mm. tried to talk to them about this and yeah. they just weren't understanding it. So maybe they missed it because they've got caught up in the detail, mm. in the in the in the stress and the nonsense mm. of, oh my gosh, we can't do this. It's not allowed. Mm. We don't do this. Yeah. And there's a message there for yes. us as well, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. That sometimes going back to our Martha Mary study mm. about how you know sometimes we miss the manifestation, yeah. the voice of God, because we're caught up in the yeah. detail. Yeah. We're yeah. caught up in the rules and regulations. Yeah. We're caught up in what we think we should be doing. Yeah. We get we get caught up in the mundane and, and we miss then the encounter with yeah. him yeah. so we don't want we don't want to hear that we don't want to miss that do mm. we um soon after the disciples returned the woman left mm. and she left the water pot behind and it wasn't an accident because she had every intention of mm. returning mm. yes yeah. she planned to come back and she planned to bring all the officials of the city with her so that she could introduce them yeah. to Christ. Yeah. Yes. And I just think that's really, really interesting. Mm. I think this is just me, a thought, a consideration. But if you remember um, way back at the beginning when Jesus dropped the bombshell in the conversation, um, over that back in verse mm. 19, he said to her, go and get your husband mm. yeah. and come back. Well, she came back with a lot of officials in the yes. city. <laughs> if that was significant yeah. um but i think it's interesting that she <laughs> went and got the officials of the city with her and she was desperate for them yes. to come yeah. and see jesus and be introduced to the messiah i think what's really interesting in the narrative in the scripture is that we are given no indication mm. about how difficult it was for her to go and get these right. people yeah. Um, I mean, if you think about yeah. it, you're in a demographic that is the lowest of the low and yeah. rejected. Yeah. So you're all a bunch of badans yeah. in, in the Jewish concept. Um, and then within the um, the Samaritan culture, you had a woman who was the lowest of the low. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got the lowest of the low people and then she's the lowest of the, of the low of those people. Yeah. That's a lot of lows. Yeah. <laughs> And so, I mean, if the local adulterer came to City Hall and banged on the door and said to the officials, come with me, there's a man who knows everything about me and he's the Messiah, would you go? But I think mm. that there is something there that we need to pay attention yeah. to. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with who they were mm. yeah. and also their concepts, which we'll talk about in a minute. But she, the story doesn't go into that detail. No. It just says that she went and yeah. she came back with all of them. Yeah. And what I love about this is that she's a typical new believer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's full of life, full of hope, yeah. full of excitement, yeah. and she's been completely released of the of all her burdens. Yes. Yeah. And she's desperate to share yeah. the good news with yeah. others. She told them, and I love this, that Jesus knew everything she ever did. Yeah. And she felt the release of having to evade yeah. her past sin anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's almost like, you know, I could imagine her almost knocking at the door mm. and saying, 
to the officials, come with me. Mm. There's a man who knows everything about me and don't you think about throwing that back in my face that yeah. I was an adulterer because it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. You know, come yeah. with me. Don't be foolish. Come yeah. with me and see this man. He's yeah. the Messiah. Yeah. And I just feel that that's sort of maybe what could yeah. have happened. Yeah. Um, because her identity and the energy that she yes. put in keeping out yes. of the way yeah. and being rejected and not being... Yeah. Um, uh, attacked by people she just didn't care anymore she was just full of this yeah. hope and an excitement yeah. she was completely released from the shame and the burden of what she yeah. was um, or what she had been because yes. now she was somebody different, different. she yeah. was totally released from her wow. shame and she wanted others to experience that as well yeah. and I think that's beautiful too because if I lived amongst the people that I had to avoid mm, because they right. were so horrible to me yeah. if I found truth maybe I wouldn't want to go and share that with them yeah. right. but she yeah. didn't she wanted to go yeah. to the people and bring them into that yeah. experience too yeah. Yeah. I love this part of the story we know in, ver- in John 4 verse 39 that the men come back to the well with her and he's, she's got a little crew together. Mm. There's, there's, there's more than one. Yeah, yeah a, little, a little consortium <laughs> of officials, and it was a very, very profound moment mm. yeah. because it tells us in verse thirty-nine that many of the Samaritans of that city believed in Jesus because of the words of the woman. Wow, the I love that. It doesn't, it doesn't say that a lot of the Samaritans believed in Jesus because he revealed himself to them. Yeah. It says that they believed yeah. in Jesus because of the words yeah. of the woman, wow. her testimony. Mm. And what I love about this is that, remember, we looked at the Samaritans mm. and the Jews yeah. and the complexities of that. Well, the Samaritans didn't have the phony hypocrisy of the Jews. No. They didn't have that. They weren't refined. Yeah. They weren't calculating. They didn't have a lot of spiritual pride. Mm. Yeah. They were raw. They yeah. were rough. <laughs> they had no refinement at all. Yes. Yeah. They'd been outcasts for years mm. and years and had been told that their messianic hope was ridiculous. Yeah. And we remember go back to Saint Ballet, you know, yeah, we go back yeah. to him and looking at the fact that, you know, your faith is stupid. It's so inferior to ours. Grow up. Mm. That would wow. have been sort of the feel yeah. of those people for years. But here we have, they've got here that here we are. There's nothing to lose. Yeah. They've, they they suddenly this messiah has mm. come and their messianic hope is absolutely being triggered yeah. it's been it's been sparked yeah. um and they no longer feel outcasts yeah. they're included yeah and the truth is is that the samaritans were ready for truth yes. Yes. they were authentic they were ready for authenticity and they were ready for belonging mm. and they were ready for for connectivity mm. yeah. to something that they were told that they couldn't have yeah. for years and years and years and they had no trappings they had absolutely nothing to lose mm. Yes, and they went for it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This made me laugh so much because they had really been degraded for Mm. years. They'd been the underdogs. And they had a definite sense and a a true identity that they were sinners Mm. and broken Mm. and less than. Mm. They had been that they had been built that way. Um, but they weren't self righteous like the Jews were. They weren't polished in any way. They were simply so happy in this encounter with Jesus, to be included, mm. to be given attention to, yes. and to be included in the messianic truth. Yeah. Yeah. And that was enough for them. Yeah. 
This made me laugh, this bit of the story now in John 4, verse 40 to 42. And it tells us that the men of the city were so excited and happy with <laughs> Jesus's message yeah. and who he was and that, you know, they were accepted and they were included. And it was also fabulous that they urged him to stay with them for another two days. <laughs> They're like, no, don't go. Don't go. Yeah. You know, please don't go. We'll get you a deal at the hotel. Yeah. Just stay on for a few days. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they, you know, Jesus did. He stayed mm. for another two days with them. And during that time, the word tells us that more believed. Mm, yeah. Yes. And so we have a situation from a little old woman. Well, not an old woman, but a little woman. Yeah. You know, yeah. At, the, at a dirty old well doing a job in secret. Yeah. That their whole town was yes. transformed. Yeah. And everybody <laughs> then embraced their acceptance and belonging yeah. in Christ. Yeah. They belonged. Yeah. Finally, yeah. they belonged. Yeah. And that was their joy. So I get this sense of this real, almost revival, yes. almost, yeah. you know, crusade, yeah. where there was lots of joy, lots of happiness, yeah. lots of love, lots of true things breaking through. Yeah. Yeah. And I really did love that. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought it was significant that she left her water pot mm. and went away yeah. because the very purpose for her doing that didn't matter anymore. Yeah. 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 There was something bigger, something yeah, better. And I love that. Yeah. So what we learn from this story is that Jesus actually had found a real true believer yeah. and a true worshipper in the woman at the well. Mm. We don't know biblically what happened to her. Um, it doesn't say. Mm. So we'll put that on the list, Claire. Yeah. Claire put yeah. that on the yeah. list to us. <laughs> ask when we get to the other side, get to heaven. Um, but we do know that her heart was transformed. Yeah. Yeah. And we do know that she was used as a great evangelist mm. in her city. Yeah. And that wow. we know we're told that Jesus then left and mm. went on his way. And, you know, we don't know if he ever went there again. We don't know if anybody else, any other Jew mm. went there again. But what we do know was that a deposit of life and truth was mm. left in that place. Mm. Yeah. Three years after the Samaritan woman, the early church was founded. Beautiful. And the Samaritans were integrated with the Jews mm. as true believers. Yeah. And they, they were united as brothers yeah. in Christ. Yeah. There was no more Jew or Gentile as far as, as God and they mm. were concerned. There was no more separation yeah. in Christ. And we're told that in Galatians mm. 3, verse 28. Yeah. So highly significant. Yes. You know, uh, the bringing together mm. of, you know, religiosity, yeah. separation, um, carnality, just simply Jesus, the better thing yeah. came into town. Yeah. And suddenly all these things that they had lived by for centuries just didn't matter. Yeah. The same as the water pot didn't matter. The same as, you know, um, the fact that yeah. her sin had been found mm. out didn't matter. Yeah. The same as the fact that, you know, there had been this massive separation between Jew and Samaritan mm. didn't matter. Mm. All these things that were so important yeah. in the morning... Yeah. Yeah. were totally irrelevant, irrelevant by the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> and how many times do we experience that in yeah. Christ? Yeah. Where something that is so devastating to us in Christ mm. in that moment of, of an encounter with him becomes nothing. Yeah. Mm. And then we can't believe, can we, that it's been we've been transformed. Yeah. So that's the woman at the well. Wow. I absolutely love her. Wow. I wow. love her so yeah. much. I love the hope. Yeah. I absolutely. love I love the I think what I really love too is the architecture and the 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 deliberateness. Yes. Um the 
the engineering of the Holy Spirit yeah. in in setting this up. Yes. Yeah. And that it would become very significant for later things. Yeah. 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 And and what I've just been thinking about is the seed. Yeah. So she was the seed. Yeah. And she set the whole place on fire. She did. Yeah. <laughs> because she didn't keep it in. Yeah. No. She took what mm. he I mean, he had set her free. Mm. He she he'd shown her acceptance. He'd shown her love. Mm. He'd spoken his love language yeah. to her. And that had set her free in a way that released what she already knew but perhaps hadn't ever expressed. And there was nothing she could do except go and share it. Totally. And this whole big harvest Mm. came into being. Wow. And also remember that, I mean, if you think about it on a natural level, if if you're an outcast and Mm. being treated appallingly Mm. by your own people... Mm you know okay because of your own sin mm. fair enough but if there is there if there is a, um an ill feeling mm. in your own people if you get introduced to truth mm. the natural thing would be to say to the disciples can i come back yes to yes. jerusalem yes. with you and be yeah. part yeah. and get get me out of here yeah <laughs> yes? yeah yeah um i'm the woman at the well get me out of here and you know i, I but she didn't. She didn't. She she want she wanted to go to the very yeah, people that yeah. were persecuting yes. her, or had maybe even been the ones yes, that she'd had yeah, adultery yeah. with, and she wanted to bring the cleanliness yeah, yeah. and the prophetic ability to, to for their messianic hope yes, to be yeah. fulfilled. Yes. So how unselfish was yes, that? Yeah. I absolutely yeah, love that yeah. so much. And There's so them, much in this woman for them to see what yeah. she yeah could yeah. see. She but, wanted them to wow. have it. That all started just because. She didn't lie yeah. when Jesus said, go yeah. get your husband. Yeah. I mean, she could have kind of gone, okay, yeah, I'll go get him and yeah. never gone back. Yeah, yeah, sure. And be like, well, I'll come yeah. back tomorrow and he'll be gone. Yeah. Or she yeah. could have said, husband? What husband? You know, there's so many yeah. ways it could have gone. But just because she, you know, yeah, okay, it may have been a half truth, but mm. it was still truthful. Yeah. yeah. And because she wasn't willing to lie in that moment, that he then allowed yeah. her to mm. have that whole conversation yeah. with Jesus. Yeah. And then to be that seed. Yeah. So you're just like thinking of that for me, for my life. How many people are there that I could touch or impart to mm. because of my journey mm. and what I've been through? And mm. that's true for all of us. Yes. Yeah, Where, absolutely. You know, that was one person who affected a whole city. Yeah. Mm. Whereas we have the ability to do the same within us as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's true. I mean, there's so much I can correlate wow. in my own life through, yeah. the, through this woman. Mm. Um I just love the fact also that she didn't tell the whole truth, mm. but Jesus perceived her heart. Yes. Yeah. He didn't, he knew that she wasn't wicked and trying to deceive him. Yeah. She just knew that she was ashamed yeah. Yeah. and that she was questioning whether yeah. she wanted to tell him the whole truth. Yeah. And so I hear that as yeah. well. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Okay. So what do I want you to know about the woman of the well? Well, I want you to know that Jesus defied the stigma to yes. reveal himself to this woman. Yeah. And there's a message there, isn't there? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we can't go with the status quo because it's it, it's easy. Mm. Yes, he wanted to reveal himself uh, as the Messiah, not mm. just for her, no. but for her people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that he had to defy the, to, to defy the stigma mm. because of that. Um, I want you to know that she was an outcast, mm. but she had internal secret hope for the Messiah. Mm. Yeah. 
And I really love that because one of the things we talk a lot about on this podcast is that we can't judge people who don't have the level of faith that we do Mm. um, as the enemy, as wrong, as not important. Because there are many people out there with accurate, beautiful, ready, ripe hearts for God. They're just stuck in wrong systems. And we can't judge people by the outward appearance Mm. or where they are. Yes? Because we never know what God is working in the hearts of people. We just don't know that. The other thing I want you to know about the woman at the well is that her excitement was Jesus knowing of her secret heart, Mm. but he didn't judge her. And I love that, that that actually was the point of what she went and ran and told people. Yes. Yes. Um, She told him, look, he knows everything about me. Come and see that Mm. for yourself. And I love that. Mm. Yet again, a very real interaction Mm. with God. And I also want you to know about the woman at the well that her transformation included her in the promise. The transformation included her in the messianic promise and as the one, as being able to become one in the body of Christ. And I just think that's amazing. Amazing. For for ourselves, Mm. you know, our transformation Mm. must include us in the promise. That's why we, that's why transformation is offered. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's why transformation is our key. Yes. Because without transformation, we cannot be included no. in the promise yeah. of what is to come. So yet again, oh, I'm boring myself saying this, but <laughs> yet again, almost a trivial story that we think we know so well. Yeah. But when you dig around, you realize that there is huge mm. love language from Absolutely. Jesus. Huge architecture yeah. as to the orchestration of putting it all together. And yet again, a still still a fresh, relevant message mm. for us today yeah. about how we can live our life right yes. now. Yeah, absolutely. And that just makes me want to get on my face yeah. and me thank too. him for that. Yeah. Um, because how beautiful is our word? Mm. Yeah. How beautiful is the word of God? Yeah. And uh, it just makes me want to get back into the yeah. Bible yeah. and get back into things that maybe I glossed, I've glossed over yeah. through familiarity. Yeah. Yeah. you know where i haven't read it properly yeah. for yeah. years and made up my own bits and oh lord that's just unbelievable <laughs> really but now's the time yeah. to reconnect absolutely <laughs> definitely yeah. beautiful and also to not be deaf and dumb mm-hmm. and blind in the mundane yeah we've got to have expectation yes that god will reveal yeah. himself and interact with yes. us and transform us even in the mundane yeah we don't have definitely. to wait for special occasions yeah. Christmas, Easter, Sundays, (laughs) that, you know, doing the dishes, taking the kids to school, doing the grind and the grime and the, and, you know, the day to day stuff we hate. Yeah. You know, he's walks with us and transformation is possible anywhere. Yeah. And if we're going to only look for it in the, in the extraordinary, we're going to miss it. Yeah. Because he operates in the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Every time. Well, guys, that's the end of our 12 week series. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, We are going to return uh, probably in the spring to a next little section and do some more. Can't wait for that. We've had some requests, haven't we already for some bits and pieces for new people. Um, So can't wait, can't wait to get into that. Um, so uh, look out for that Um, but also look out for our new podcast series that's starting in the new year as we're going to start to look at something completely different (laughs) and we're going to do a little study um, podcast series podcast study on anxiety and how to deal with that in Christ. Mm. Um, I'm looking forward to that one. It's a good one. Yeah, definitely looking definitely. for that. Looking forward to that one. Yeah. Um, so uh, watch out for that um, 
announcement that'll be coming yeah, soon yeah. okay guys well that's the woman at the well so much to learn yeah. so much to be grateful for yet again Definitely. and i hope you really enjoyed this study mm. as it helps us not only connect to god mm-hmm. but to ourselves and also to his word yeah so until next time take care and don't forget to let him lead us through the word of god and reveal all truth yes. as we start to read it properly and as we start to examine carefully what he is actually showing us through his word okay till next time take care bye bye, bye.